Welcome to Hadley Presents. I'm your host, Ricky Enger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the experts. In this episode, tech podcaster Stephen Scott joins us to discuss useful apps and gadgets. Welcome to the show, Stephen. So great to have you. Oh, thank you, Ricky. It's great to be here. So for people who don't know who you are, why don't you just give us a brief intro, tell us a bit about yourself and where people might find you podcasting. I'm a broadcaster, I'm a podcaster, I'm a TV presenter, I'm lots of different things, basically, wherever they tell me to go, I go. I uh, have worked in this business now for 20 years this year, actually, working this out, that my first paid gig was 20 years ago. It's been incredible, it's been an incredible ride to be doing this, working in, in initially commercial radio and then moving into uh, what essentially is called in the UK charity radio, which is community-based content. And the community radio here is a little bit, uh, it's either community uh, by location, by geography, or by uh, interest. I was part of the RNIB, uh, the Royal National Institute of Blind People in the UK, uh, who had a radio station they were building. And uh, I went along and presented a morning show for nine and a half years, did uh, the newspaper show first thing in the morning. That was great fun. I loved it. I uh, realized that there was one thing missing in our world, and that was with all the rising mainstream technology out there, there was nobody talking about it. And so I invented a show called Tech Talk, which went on air for uh, 10 years. It was an incredible show because it was the first show of its kind, really, that was on radio that allowed us blind people to understand how mainstream tech, and we talked about how that could be accessible. Now, some of it wasn't accessible at that time, but we talked about the workarounds that blind people used so that it could be accessible. From there, I started working with uh, accessible media in Canada, and uh, we created Double Tap Canada, the radio show, and then later they invited me to do a TV show, to which I laughed. I thought it was a joke. They said, no, it's not a joke. Seriously, we'd like you to do this. And I said, well, okay, let's try it. I'm always up for a challenge. And uh, when I left RNIB last year, November last year, I decided I wanted to take this all the way and, and create a podcast that was kind of based out of the UK. I wanted something that started from the UK that talked about UK issues. And, and uh, that was Blind Guy Talks Tech. Here we are all these months in, and it's already very popular. Lots of people getting in touch and sharing their stories. And we talk about tech, but we also talk about our journeys with sight loss as well. We're very open. And the, the conversation has really evolved from, wow, this is a great feature, or this is a great app, or this is a great product to actually how these products are infiltrating our lives, what they mean in our lives. It's interesting to see how technology has become part of our life rather than just being some geeky thing. Everyone uses it. We're all talking tech, you know, in one way or another. Exactly. And that's why I thought it would be so great to have you here because I think we both probably love our apps and gadgets a bit too much, but not everybody feels that way. And yet technology is essential in so many ways and can do things beyond just being fun to play with. It actually does affect our daily lives in some pretty significant ways. So I thought that we would share, maybe it's our favorite technology or just something that you know we feel like people should know about. The first category that we have is just in general health and wellness. Do you have a a favorite app or gadget that kind of fits into this category that really has affected you in some way just in daily life? I'm a, you might say, a traditional Scottish man in the sense that, you know, feelings 
are to be suppressed and never to be brought out in public. These days, though, thankfully, that's changed. I did find an app, and I, I think it's a fantastic app. I always get ridiculed for how I say it, but it's calm, C-A-L-M, calm. Some people say it's calm. I don't know how you're supposed to say it, but I say it's calm. It is such a wonderful app because it kind of gives you two options, really. You can have stories read to you at night. I, I did go through a bit of anxiety, especially during the pandemic. Getting to sleep at night was a challenge. I know for a lot of blind people, sleep is a real problem. And for me, it was a case of, right, well, I need to try and find a way of, of dealing with this. And I found this app is wonderful because they're just stories told to you in a very soft, relaxing, calm way. I'm able to fall asleep to that. And it was really, really pleasant. You've also got the, the sound effects. A lot of people love noise for a lot of different reasons. And, and actually, it's important to say, and I think that the pandemic certainly brought this out in people, people who lived alone would actually go on to things like YouTube and find sounds of an office or sounds of a cafe or you know something to make them feel like they were actually somewhere. This, this really matters to people. And I think we, we should never shy from it because it's important that we feel connected to the world in some way. And ironically, I think as much as technology does connect us, it also isolates us. I think sometimes these apps can bridge that gap a little bit. It's not, it's not obviously the same as human contact, but it's, it's not bad, especially when you're in a lockdown and you've no choice. Okay, so Calm, I'm definitely going to check this out. And I think one thing that has been problematic for me when it comes to like mindfulness apps and such is that a lot of them tend to not be really user-friendly. And so here I am trying to relax and by the end of it, I want to throw the phone across the room. So it's nice to know that there is an app, not only that has really good content, but that's uh, usable as well without raising your blood pressure. My, uh, it's a sort of an app and a gadget for this health and wellness category. And it initially feels like one of those things that's really frivolous. Like really you, you need technology to do this particular thing. And uh, turns out, yeah, it actually has helped. So my device is a a smart water bottle of all things. It's called Hydrate, but it's spelled with an I, so H-I-D, Hydrate. The way that it works is it's a nice metal bottle, so it will maintain the temperature of whatever you put in it. It has an area on the bottom of the bottle that you tap against your smartphone when you have finished drinking the water inside, and it automatically tracks it for you. The app also will send reminders if you haven't had anything in a while or you haven't tapped that uh, area on the bottle in a bit, it will remind you to, hey, you might want to drink some water. And it has these clever little sayings, so it's not just go drink stuff. It's kind of funny, kind of clever sayings to encourage you to do that. And I've found it helpful because I like drinking water. I don't mind it, but it's so easy to get distracted. And, oh, I've been at my desk for four hours and suddenly I'm just exhausted. And, oh, you know what? I didn't drink water all morning. Let's do that. It's, uh, you know, just a nice water bottle on its own. And then to have the added benefit that I can look at the end of the day, see how much water I've had and be reminded when maybe I'm falling down on the job a bit. It's been cool. All right. So how about, so this particular category is just around the house. <laughs> so 
pick a room, any room. Tell me about a piece of technology that has really helped you just generally in the home. This is a difficult one because gadget wise, I mean, I could pick from a range. I could say, well, it's the smart bulbs that make a difference in my home. My wife and I are both visually impaired and um, I need as little light as possible and she needs as much light as possible. And having the ability to just tell uh, the old Amazon Echo over here, I can tell her to, you know, switch it to my profile or to switch it to suit me, you know, set Stephen's lights and set my wife's lights. And it really does help because then she can come in, she can have the lights anyway she wants per room. I can do the same. So that's really cool. I have to say, though, there's one thing I've been using a lot of more recently. I mean, I've been paying for the service, but I've been paying for it for months, haven't used it. And now I am using it. And that is Ira. And I'm using that a lot at home. And I know a lot of people use it outside for lots of different things, for navigation and for finding your way if you get lost. Brilliant for all of that. But at home, a lot of the tasks I struggle with at home, I mean, and it's on my computer, if I'm honest. On my computer, I have a lot of, you know, sometimes I need to go and download an app and I maybe get as far as the software download page and then I'm lost. So you're, you're thinking, okay, how am I going to find this? You just get Ira on the call. They jump on on TeamViewer. And they just fix it and they tell you what they're doing and they go through the whole process. And, you know, one situation where I had an app downloaded, I managed to get the app downloaded and the, the agent said, would you like me to install it for you? I said, that would be great. And then we went through the install and then she read through the entire application feature set. And it just, it, it kind of brought a lot of things to life. You know, if we download something or we use something, we maybe use that, that bit of it we need, but we never really venture beyond that because we weren't aware it was there we maybe don't have the brain space to be able to go through it all and, and learn it all. And just a brief description. If you haven't heard of Ira, it's wonderful and you should check it out. So it is a visual interpreter service where you can call someone who can either connect to your computer or use the camera in your smartphone and assist in accomplishing tasks that require some sort of visual input. So maybe it is uh, looking at your computer screen, as we've talked about here, or maybe it is, I have dropped something on the floor and I have no idea where it went. I just need that pair of eyeballs to look around and find it. And I have to completely agree with you both in using Ira for computer tasks and, uh, you know, for a lot of other things that I can accomplish if I spend the time to do it. But I think I've just come to the point where I recognize that, you know, my time is valuable just as anyone else's is. And would I rather spend that time fighting with an inaccessible app or trying to figure out the buttons on this new gadget on my own? Or would I like to really be more efficient about it? Call someone up, have them describe this to me and complete the task rather than spending a lot of time fighting with it. This is where our conversation often goes on our podcast. We often talk about this and how it's about having control, but not giving up all of the control. It's, it's the middle ground. Now, an example of this was I bought for myself and for my mother a uh, humidifier. And I often sometimes wake up coughing. I have terrible dry eyes. Now, this thing arrives from Amazon. It's there and here we are. And I opened up the box and all these bits fall out. And there's that moment of dread. You're thinking, how does this work? And I don't know, do you ever get this where you just sometimes sit there thinking, this is just going to go back in the box and we're just going to forget this ever happened. But actually, again, Ira, I get them on the call. 
And I say, look, I want to set this up and use it. They're off downloading the manual. They're looking it up. They're figuring out how to do it. Okay, so take this part. This feels like this and grab this and put this together. And the, the best thing about that was when I take the other box, which is my mom's one, round to her house, she has no idea what to do with it. I said, don't worry, I'll do it. So it's completely empowering. You know, it's like, so not only have I learned how to do it myself, I'm able to help other people. And then, so no longer is it, can you do it? I'll do it for you. Yes, I love this discussion because I think we all struggle with what does independence mean? And, you know, for some people, if they've had vision and they're losing it, I, not only do I have to do everything myself, but I have to do it in the same way that I did before, even if it takes, you know, eight times as long. The way to look at this is it's many doors, but they all lead to the same room and you're just taking a different door. That's it. That's all you're doing. You learn this. This is just a different way in to the same place. Yeah, exactly. So my gadget is one of those things that I went for years and years and years without having. It's it's a small thing, but it's a really important thing. So a thermostat, keeping the room, the temperature that I want it, and knowing if someone else has changed it and being able to say, oh, that's the temperature, is it? Well, let's change that back. And I have a Nest. There are other smart thermostats as well, but going from a thermostat that was, you could adjust it manually, but it was like this little slider on the side and you might push it just the tiniest bit and suddenly you've gone four degrees or not at all. And you never knew which, which one. So with the Nest and other smart thermostats, I'm able to control it from a smartphone app. These smart thermostats can work with assistance as well. We have Google Home in my case, and you're able to ask the current temperature, the current humidity, uh, switch from heat to cool and do all of those fun things that I think most people take for granted. So I couldn't live without my, my thermostat. Once we have uh, our environment all set up where we're nice and warm and comfortable and all of that, it's time to relax and uh, get into some entertainment. So what kind of thing, and I, I'm sure it's hard to choose one single thing, it was for me, but what single thing entertainment wise could you just not live without? Again, one thing is so difficult to say, right? Because there, some of them are all connected, I guess. I mean, when it turns of entertainment, I do like good audio. And funnily enough, I, I actually started using just maybe in the last few months, again, my, uh, as I call them, the HomePod Big, uh, because you have a HomePod Mini now. So yeah, the HomePod Mini, which does exist, but the HomePod Big, which is now discontinued, the original HomePod, as some might say, the sound of these things is incredible. I wish they still sold them. I have a hunch something is coming that will fuse together Apple TV and the Apple HomePod. For me, it's, it's good sound. So I think good speakers like that are good. The one thing I can't live without, and it's a very UK thing, so I apologize, Ricky, but my satellite box, which is, um, now you have, I believe is Comcast. Comcast, I believe, were one of the first companies to come out with an accessible set-top box, I believe, in the States. Well, Comcast owns Sky TV here in the UK, and they have brought the learning from Comcast to the UK and, and the Sky boxes we have here. So Sky satellite television, set-top box, which was generally inaccessible for a long time. 
And now it has voice guidance. It has obviously got audio description. The one thing it doesn't have at the moment is any kind of um, on-demand option for content. That's a bit of a nuisance at the moment, but we're, we're, I believe that's being worked on. Uh, but the fact is now I can control the box entirely on my own. And that's the first time that's been possible. And that only came in last year. I feel like I can utilize the massive subscription cost I pay for that service per month, whereas before I couldn't. So I, I, wouldn't, I, I don't know if I'd go quite so far to say I, could live, I couldn't live without it. I probably could, if I'm honest, but I do like TV. I do like watching film, but it's getting access to what's available. And there's even, for example, an option where you can use a, the voice remote and you can ask it to show you every single thing on there that's got audio description, um, everything that's coming up, everything that's available. So that is really good. And it actually plays really well into what mine is. My device that I want to talk about is an Amazon device. It is the Amazon Fire Stick. So the Amazon Fire Stick is, it is a way that you can use multiple services that you connect to this tiny little device that plugs into your TV from this one device and this nice tactile remote it's nice tactile remote. It also has uh, a lady integration. So you can speak to it and search for certain things. And all of your services, like again, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, even things like HBO Max and other streaming services that you might have a subscription to, you're able to access them all from this single device, which speaks and also has some low vision features on it. And so you're able to navigate, find the things that you want to watch and then enable audio description for them. And of course you have to unfortunately enable audio description on each service. I wish there were a switch that says anything I play, if there's audio description, give it to me. But sadly there's not yet. The cost is uh, fantastic, and I like that I can do so much from it, even if I just had the device and Amazon Prime Video and YouTube, it would still be worth it. So the final category that we have is just the miscellaneous category. If there is a thing that you have been dying to mention from any category that maybe a lot of people don't know about. The problem is that technology companies, everything has become so um, simplified. I mean, if you were to wanting to buy a product today, but if you actually think about it, there's not as many products available. Everything's kind of eaten everything else. I mean, the iPhone killed off so many different devices and gadgets. And I think about an app I use called Voice Stream Scanner. You know, I can, I can get an app that costs me eight pounds on an iPhone I already have. It just works. I can, you know, grab documents. I can instantly read text off the, the documents, select that text, use it. A good example was recently I had to use it for my passport. So I scanned the passport with Voice Dream Scanner, and I was instantly able to get my passport number. And so you can just grab the text from the iPhone. You can copy it, and then you can paste it straight into the form field I needed to paste it into on my Mac. When you just think about that, it's so cool. I mean, I think for me, in terms of the product and the ecosystem, I'm kind of all in on, on the Mac world. The one that I guess I've used most recently that is, because I like keyboard. I'm a bit of a keyboard obsessive, Ricky, right? I have so many keyboards. 
my favorite keyboard, if I was to recommend a keyboard to anyone, I recommend the Logitech MX Keys. Now, this is a keyboard which has got such a great tactile response to it. It's not a mechanical keyboard. So you need something fairly quiet. These are, but, the, but again, good key travel on these keys. And also, each key has you know, a bit of a recess in it. So you can actually feel your fingers sort of slide into the key a little bit before you type. It's really nice kind of circle recess that every key has. This has stuck with me for a long time. And even though I've tried different keyboards, I've never wanted to let this one go because I love the recessed keys. I love the key travel. I love the fact that you can have three devices connected to it. So I can switch between my iPhone, my iMac, and my MacBook easily, just with, just with a simple key press. I could do this with my Apple TV if I wanted. I could use my PC that way. It's all by Bluetooth. Uh, you do get as well, which is kind of handy, a little dongle as well that comes with it. And that's handy for, say, a PC that doesn't have Bluetooth in it. You can hook it straight into that. It's just a lovely keyboard. And it's got backlight on it if you need that, if that's useful to you. And it is a full-size keyboard. It's got your numpad on there. It's got proper size cursor keys. It's just a really nice keyboard. And I think it's one of the ones that I've found it is well-built. It's solid, powered by USB-C. Um, so you can charge it up and it'll give you, I mean, I use it a lot, so I charge mine quite a lot, but you, you can get a good few weeks out of it without having to charge it. But I will say one thing, I, I, and it's like all these things, the software that comes with it to control it is pretty naff. But the only reason I would use the software, because then there are some reasons you might want to, for example, it does have an additional above the number pad that are four extra function keys that you can assign to anything you want. But you have to get some support to do that because it's not accessible through the app. And the other function is that some people use the app for is to convert the function keys or the function row to be function rows like F1 to F12 as opposed to the media keys. Here's the pro tip. You don't need to have the software for that because if you just, and this is the case for most keyboards now, if you hold down function and escape, that will convert that for you. Now, it doesn't work on all systems, but most systems will let you do that, even on a laptop. If you want to ever lock those function keys in, hold down function, press escape once, and that usually function locks the keys so that you're able to use them as F1 to F12. Oh, wow. That's super useful. My most useful or can't live without gadget is interesting because there are very few blindness-specific things that I use anymore because there are so many mainstream options that are usable by everyone, including people who are blind or low vision. There's one though that mainstream, I guess, hasn't had a reason to crack and that is color identification. So there are ways, of course, that you can mark your clothing once it has been identified and you can put in labels for things and actually some really great solutions for that, including way around tags that you can use with your phone where you write your own description of whatever you're tagging, be it clothing or something else. But this is a standalone device. It's very small. It is called the Color Star. And the thing that I like about it is that you can tell what color something is and it's actually really, really accurate. And you can also run this device across your clothing. And if there's a pattern, that pattern is going to be detected and you'll hear different audible tones depending on whether there is a different color or a change in the material. So sometimes you may 
place this device on something and it says it's bright green and you think, okay, I know what color that is, except that it turns out, you know, it's this nice floral shirt that has multiple colors in it. And the color star will tell you about those things if you're interested. One thing that it does do that's beyond just, hey, I want to know what color my clothes are, or even is my fruit turning a different color? You know, you can you can put it against anything. But one thing that it does that can be useful is what color is the light that I'm pointing at? So sometimes you may have lights on a, a gadget, a, a cable modem or something or other. And when you call tech support, they're like, is the red light on? With this, you can point it at a light and determine the color of that light. So I'm pretty picky about buying things that are blindness specific because I've found that so many mainstream items can do things just as well, if not better. But there are instances where it makes sense to have something built for blind and low vision people. And this is an example of that. I really love the color star. You actually made me think about this because I've had this situation so many times. I'm I'm colorblind. So even though I can see a little bit and I can certainly see light to some degree, I couldn't tell you what color it is, what color it should be. I wouldn't have a clue. But yeah, it does make it very difficult to identify colors or they've, you know, they all merge into one. We actually had a, a guy get in touch with us on the podcast who talked about a very similar, well, not similar product, but a similar thing. He was talking about identifying food labels. And he talked about a product called the ID Mate, which is now discontinued, I, I believe. But and that was the thing, right? Because it was such a good product, and he demonstrated it for us. I, I was on eBay trying to find one, you know, secondhand, thinking this must be available somewhere because it's such a good product. And I think you're right. There are some instances where specialist wins, but it is a case of the iPhone is out to eat them all. It's like the Pac-Man of gadgets. You know, it's off eating them all up. That's the the reality of where we are now, right? Everything's becoming an app. For some reason, as good as these cameras are, they can't seem to get color right. Everything is either gray or brown. It's all lighting, isn't it? It's all to do with the lighting. And and you know, these other devices obviously are able to handle that, and and that's where they stand out. Exactly, they emit their own light, so you're holding it against this thing, and uh, no additional light is getting in, which is nice because. You don't have to think about, oh, are the lights on? Is my hand creating a shadow? And just things that you might not ever think about that turn out to be important for accomplishing the task at hand. It's always tools for the job, I feel. you know, And that's the case with, with when I mentioned Ira. And it's interesting, I, I use the tool relevant to the need. And I think it's just often, you know, and it's like when you're out and about, you know, you may, I mean, one app I love as well, just to mention briefly, is Soundscape, which is an incredibly good app. And and for people who don't know, Soundscape is a brilliant app. It essentially, it's like a mobility aid to some degree. Um, if you're trying to, say, find the bank and you want to know where it is, um, you just put the location in and you'll get a, an audible beep from the direction of where that bank is. And uh, it obviously doesn't solve the last 10-yard problem that we always have, finding the door or finding the specific thing, but it gets you in the right area. Um, and it obviously gets you to a location, which is key. We need, just need to get technology a little bit better to be able to identify, for example, if it's a cash machine or it's an open door we're trying to find, that it could help us with that. But um, 
It's definitely improving. And technology is is, is good. You know, I, I say to people, get a smartphone. Your life will change. Most people who tell me they don't ever want to use a smartphone, and I've heard it from a lot of people, once they do it, once they actually get into it, their life changes. Oh, I so agree. It, it can feel really, really overwhelming for a number of reasons. And it's important to recognize that there is that learning curve, but it's also important to recognize that on the other side of all that learning is just a whole host of possibilities that you never thought about before. And, and look, I know there are people who can't use it for many different reasons, for motor issues, you know, for people who've got certain disabilities. Absolutely, that is not going to be the, the product for you. But for people who are just not doing it because they just don't want to put the work in, I think you're actually causing yourself more work in the long run. This could actually make our lives easier. And, you know, to access, you know, access the world we live in, we have to be part of it, right? And this is part of it now. This is how this is how technology is going. It's not, you know, smartphones are not going to disappear. The Nokia 3310 is not going to make a massive comeback. Well, Stephen, I think that we could talk all day and have a thoroughly enjoyable time doing so. But I think we should wrap up for now. You, you said this is 30 minutes. I don't know how you you can handle this. I, I love podcasts because they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't restrict me on time. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, perhaps this is the first of many. I appreciate your sharing all the great info and just uh, sharing some of your insight and your experiences. It's been great. Oh, it's been great, Ricky. Thank you so much for letting me on. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu. Or leave us a message at 847-784-2870. Thanks for listening. 